Welcome to Radio KAL. I'm your host Steve Eunice and I'm joined by my co-host Neil Bailey. Hey Steve! Here we are once again for another episode of Radio KAL and the most obvious topic we should discuss in this show is the teaser trailer for Superman Returns. I think for a teaser it was uh, pretty much exactly what it needed to be. Uh, it lets people know there's a new Superman movie coming. It uses elements many will be familiar with, such as the Marlon Brando monologue, the John Williams music, while showing off a few visuals. It's uh, it's a tease. It leaves you wanting more. Gotta say, I'm pretty impressed. There are a lot of naysayers on our comment boards and on boards across the net. I saw some ain't it cool news that were pretty pessimistic, but when are they not there? But uh, I remember a similar process for another movie. You know what that movie was, Steve? No idea. Which movie are you thinking of? I mean, every other stinking movie in existence! It doesn't matter what the movie is, people tend to tear it down right before they pay a good hunk of money to see it, and I think that's exactly what's going on here. What makes this a particular target is the fact that it's a superhero movie, and it's Superman, the ur-superhero. That said, I think there's a grain of truth to every criticism, so I figured it might be good to address some of the positives and negatives of the trailer, even though I'm mostly in the positive camp, obviously. Okay, well, you want to start? I figured I'd do the negative first to get them out of the way, because people were talking about the way that the trailer was dark. I see it in two different ways that they can mean that, meaning that the atmosphere was dark, and I don't see that at all, mostly because of the fact that a lot of scenes take place during the day and are brightly lit. Um, the people looking up, notably, in the cornfields, and heck, Superman flying into the frickin' sun. But there are a few scenes that do take place at night, so of course they're going to be dark. Or in space, that's going to be dark. And a lot of people were saying that the costume itself was a bit dark. That was the second way. They want a more optimistic look to Superman. And this I can see a little bit, but mostly I realize that we're looking at less than 30 seconds, give or take, of the suit in action. And that, at that, both scenes are set at night. I still say to give it a chance, because it's just a teaser. What are your thoughts, Steve? I understand where they're coming from. I personally think that elements of the movie have to be dark in both visuals and in tone, purely because of the fact that the whole story is about how Superman has gone away for a few years, the world has moved on, it's a different place, perhaps a darker place, and therefore it's inevitable that some parts of the movie will have to focus on Superman's place in this new world. But I think overall the movie will be about Superman breaking out from that darkness and making the world a better place, being the light that shines through. Another critique was the way they didn't really show anything. I heard that I heard a lot of people. People said, "Where's Luthor? Let's see an action scene, or heck, even some dialogue." You know, they point to movies like Star Wars, which have extensive trailers that give away a good bit more than in their teasers, and they say that they're not getting enough. And to that, I would just say, look at the original teaser to the Superman movie by Richard Donner. It had no images from the film, just clouds and a big S, and that drove people right into the theaters. Imagine that today. I think the need to, progress, to to aggressively advertise the movie's plot ahead of time is driving these comments. And personally, uh, excuse me, personally, I'm more pleased with a more poetic trailer that they gave than I would be with one that gives a lot of plot details away or shows me the major scenes that I'd care to be surprised with. I agree. It's way too early for a full-on trailer. Uh, this is a teaser trailer. The movie is still more than half a year away from being released. There'll be plenty of time for more detailed trailers. The complaint that I most identify with was the fact that, subject aside, it didn't show much new. Beyond the people looking up, the look at the dead Krypton, and perhaps the flight back to Earth, which we saw storyboarded and saw some in the video diaries, there wasn't really that much to whet our appetite for new scenes. But to those who haven't seen the video diaries, it was probably something new and incredible entirely, and the way it was recut, it worked just fine for me anyway. 
The thing we online people have to remember is that this teaser trailer wasn't necessarily meant for us. It was meant more for the movie-going public. It's meant to grab the attention of people in cinemas. Then there's still the positive, of which there is a ton. The fact that, hands down, I don't know about you guys, but I still get goosebumps on my arm when I hear Jor-El say, They can be a great people, Kal-El. They wish to be. They only lack the light to show the way. I mean, how much more Superman can you get than that? How much closer to the core of the icon can you be beyond Superman is here for us all? Exactly. It just hits a nerve, doesn't it? There's no need to reinvent the wheel, and Singer understands that. There's also the score of the John Williams music. I know I mentioned it in my trailer review, but that score is just incredible to put the put to the words behind it. It lends it lends much more credence to the words, and it frames the shot that much more and makes them more epic, even if you've already seen them so many times that you consider them old hat from the video diaries. It was a stroke of genius to use something other than the main fanfare music. The Krypton theme used in the teaser trailer is familiar without being over the top. Yeah, it's majestic. Yeah, it's an also an interesting time for the comics right now. We've seen the return of the Golden Age Superman. What do you think of that, Steve? I really don't know what to think yet, to be totally honest. I'm really just enjoying the ride. I hate speculating too much. Uh, I just enjoy escaping into the story without analysing where it might lead us. I think it's interesting. People ask me, is this, is this Infinite Crisis a restart? Is this the new multiverse? I have reassurances that it's not, but regardless, I don't, I don't really care, you know? It's like a friend said to me the other day, who cares what it is as long as it keeps delivering like this? And honestly, the stories are great. They're, they're working really well. I haven't been this excited to be a DC fan in years. But that said, what does that mean for Superman? For the modern comic Superman, I think it means a whole lot of initial confusion and confrontation. Uh, with hopefully a resolution that he has him taking a firm grasp on his future, embracing his place in the world, and moving forward with conviction. Although it does look like DC are shaking up the books again. They're cancelling adventures, which means only two main Superman books in continuity. Superman-Batman, unless it changes, usually tends to happen at some in-between time, and it's not lined up with the other books. Instead of in the old universe, where continuity books bounced off each other, it used to be action-adventures... Man of Steel and, and Superman all at least carried some kind of a, a line between them. It's like they've given up. It's like they've made the DC universe coherent and continuity focal, and removed a lot of that from Superman somehow. It's kind of a weird trade-off, given that none of the titles really share a thread beyond Infinite Crisis. I don't know how to look at it yet because I have to see it play out a little bit. There's All Star and there's Superman, Batman. There's action and there's Superman. And it's still in flux. There's still a lot of Superman comic books out there. It's just it's not as much the old universe. It kind of is ultimatizing itself a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's like my comic book shop owner said, you know, they just do that, and then eventually the demand for the old kind of stories will come back, and it just it's cyclical. I say give it a chance. What choice do we have? Uh, it's always sad to see a Superman book cancelled. Uh, I think that's, what, three titles in recent memory? Man of Steel, Man of Tomorrow, and now Adventures of Superman. Either way, it's still great to be a comics fan right now. So how about that soundbite cow petition? Only one thing alive on less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Yep, time again for the super-secret soundbite competition. Last month we returned to the Smallville sounds. We had ten people correctly identify the sound as coming from the Season 2 episode, Red. Those ten people were... Stephen G. Bill Onyango. Nell the Mormon. Joseph Dempsey. Annie Allen. Zach Shapiro, Sean Hemmings, Andrew Maitland, Jeremy Smith, and Justin Bowley. 
Congratulations, winners! But don't get cocky or we'll start using the Super Friends cartoons for bites. Now that'd be a challenge. But we'll continue with more Smallville sound bites. And here's this month's sound. I do feel as though I'm looking through a different pair of eyes. So there it is. Can you guess which episode of Smallville that sound comes from? If so, use the Super Secret Soundbite competition entry form found at the Superman homepage, Radio KAL webpage, and send your entry in. Each person who correctly guesses which episode that sound comes from will have their name read out in the next Radio KAL show. Hey, don't forget to check out that last son of Krypton audio drama. Still going strong, still gaining momentum, and just an all-around blast, and hey, you know, a couple of really talented voice actors are involved, uh, Neil Bailey and Steve Eunice. The fate of a criminal is decided. Any sentence they could apply to her, even death, would be preferable to anything the god of war would devise as punishment. A public turns on its hero. What are you doing showing your face anyway? Go rescue a kitten, will you? Get out of my sight. An informant steps forward. I was a member of Mr. Luther's security detail during his time in office. You wouldn't have happened to have seen anything. I did. And an army amasses. And you'll be happy to know I was able to further accelerate the aging of the clones. How long until they're ready? A few hours? At most? The storm gathers in issue 11 of Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, on November 30th, 2005. Only at supermanhomepage.com. You may recall that last month we launched a new segment, the Brainiac Brain Teaser. Last show's Brain Teaser was all about Dan Turpin getting false information from Tommy, an intergang member. As promised, here's the answer to that Brain Teaser. How did Dan Turpin know Tommy's information was false? Tommy was lying about the row of townhouses being numbered 748, 749 and 750. Odd numbers are never on the same side of the street as even numbers, so 749 would have been across the street from 748 and 750, making it impossible for Boss Moxie to be holed up in all three. So, on to a new Brainiac Brain Teaser. Remember, there's no actual competition for this segment, it's just a bit of fun for you to try, try your brain at. So here goes. A frightened Winslow shot picked up the phone and asked Inspector Henderson to come to his home at once. The house was in darkness except for the light of several candles. As Shot explained the purpose of his call, he went to the fridge and withdrew a tray of ice. Dropping a cube in his drink, he began. I owe Lex Luthor a fair amount of cash, and when I got home one of his henchmen was here waiting for me. I had no idea who it was. I've had some bad luck trying to sell my toy inventions lately and as a result, I haven't paid my power bill. They cut it off two days ago. When I opened the door, I saw a figure moving in the moonlight, and I panicked. I swung and hit him. He fell back and hit his head on the mantel. He's lying on my living room floor. I think he's dead. Henderson interjected. You can stop the fabrication right there. What's wrong with Winslow Shot's account? We'll reveal the answer in next episode of Radio KAL. So what's the song this month, Steve? This month's song is an interesting one called Superman's Daughter by Sawyer Brown. 
my breath She had these certain ways I didn't understand And when I made my move to execute my plan She was leading me like a lamb to a slaughter You don't mess around with Superman's daughter Superman's daughter got a loose and killed She got a X-ray eye, she got a heart of steel When she fell in love and never would have caught her I'd only known she was Superman's daughter She is soft to touch, she is hard to hold She is one minute hot, she is one minute cold But it's too late, Clark, for me to turn back now She's got me hard over mine and I'm a wondering how She could do anything, shall walking on water The girl must be Superman's daughter Superman's daughter got a looks that kill She got a x-ray eye, she got a heart of steel Well, she fell in love and never would have caught her If I'd only known she was Superman's daughter Superman's daughter got a looks that kill She got a x-ray eye, she got a heart of steel When she fell in love and never would have caught her If I'd only known she was Superman's daughter Interesting. That's the show. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of Radio KAL. Join us again next month for our final show for 2005. I'm Steve Eunice. I'm Neil Bailey. You stay classy, Garth Bailey. And by the way, it's okay if you don't get that one. You've been listening to Radio KAL on supermanhomepage.com.